The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The numbers told the story. They always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game. Good Thursday morning to you right here at VSEN, the sports betting network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. We appreciate however you're taking us in. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight, the Grover Cleveland of producers here with us. Jeff, you good this morning? We ended up with a power-packed show today. We have a great show today. Oh, my goodness. Jason Weingarten joins us again from under a cloud of smoke in uh, Southern California to talk not only NFL, but about the Africa Cup of Nations, which we touched on briefly yesterday, which was, in terms of sports betting, the most absolutely mashugana thing that happened yesterday. Uh, Mali Tunisia on the pitch and referee shenanigans. We'll get into that with Jason. Adam Burke will join us from uh, here at VEASAN to talk... uh, Football, maybe some baseball. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, joins us. Dr. Eric Eager. Will Hill from our New York City uh, podcast as well, the New York City cast, not the Will Hill. We'll talk to him as well. Uh, and uh, tennis picks. We went 0-2 in tennis yesterday. Is that allowed? Is that even permitted to go 0-2? I don't know when the last time we did 0-2. We had 0-2. I do have two tennis picks coming up a little later on. But first... Uh, I was just telling this gentleman, and not blowing smoke at all, maybe my favorite segment of any calendar year, uh, certainly in the football season, we get to talk to, uh, we talk to him quarterly, but it's the one after the regular season and before the postseason that I think is the, is the most chunky, the most uh, voluminous with information, the founder of Football Outsiders. You can follow him at F-O underscore A Shots, that's S-C-H-A-T-Z on Twitter. It's my friend Aaron Shots. How you doing, Aaron? I'm good, man. I'm ready. It was a really good season, and uh, I'm ready for some playoffs. Yeah, I think we all are. And I know you guys, when you say it was a really good season, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think partially what you're referring to is the fact that your predictions there at Football Outsiders did quite well. Were fantastic. The correlation coefficient, for people who know what that is, closer to one is better. Uh, for our preseason win predictions and the actual win totals was 0.74, which is, I think, like the best it's ever been. So we had a really good year of, of projecting. And in general, the teams that made the playoffs that we didn't project to be as good, in our numbers, they're not as good uh, as as their records are. So we were pretty good in projecting both advanced stats and wins and losses. This yeah. Year. You said your projecting of your own DVOA was spectacular. And, and some people might respond, Oh, it's your own metric. Of course you get to predict right. it correct, but that doesn't usually happen necessarily to this degree. No. And the thing is I went and looked at it and then it turns out that the projection of wins was even slightly better. Wow. So that's, 
Wins are not our own metric. Wins are, you know, wins <laughs> are right. wins. <laughs> you did not invent wins and losses. That's great. No, so, I did not. So we're, we're going to get into all your thoughts on this weekend's games. We're going to get into some, some specifics. I just want to ask you a macro question first, and I've asked some form of this of you for all the years you've been kind enough to come on this show, come on the podcast uh, before that. I was even telling uh, Parlay, uh, my producer, that, that I went back to my old iPad. You've been coming on the podcast for so many years. I'm like, I have Aaron Schatz notes from like 2011. So uh, thank you for all these years coming on. Uh, and it, it's, it's quite frankly this. What is your biggest pet peeve? And this question has never been more appropriate after a, an arc of Brandon Staley and certainly what we saw Sunday night. What's your biggest pet peeve in the mainstream media now about the use of the term analytics or how it's misapplied? that anything a coach does that you don't like gets referred to as analytics. I want to stand up and applaud. So true. (laughs) Very succinct answer. Okay. To give an example, Brandon Staley's timeout at the end of the game with the Las Vegas Raiders last week had nothing whatsoever to do with analytics. I also think it had nothing whatsoever to do with that game. I think that the Raiders we're basically going to run the ball, and if they got close enough for a field goal, they'd try one because it was better for them to win than tie, but most importantly, they didn't want to lose. And that is exactly what happened. They ran the ball. They got close enough. They kicked a field goal. It's not analytics' fault that the Chargers have a bad run defense that can't stop anybody, and they let Josh Jacobs gain 10 yards on third and long. I love it. I love it. I also, uh, another very quick example was when John Harbaugh was going for two to win a game at the end yep. of a game. That is not analytics. That's just a coach's no. decision. Yes, the analytics on that decision pointed actually in favor of kicking the extra point slightly, but basically it was, this is a, you know, this is a gut decision, right? Right. This was a decision where the analytics weren't too heavy in favor of either decision, and the coach has to go with his gut. And just because Baltimore uses analytics a lot and some of their two-point decisions are informed by analytics doesn't mean that these two-point decisions were informed by analytics, particularly if you didn't like the decisions. (laughs) That's right. Particularly if you didn't like them. All right. So DVOA is your proprietary stat. Uh, It measures every single play. It's a granular level of football uh, versus, you know, compared to the average performance on a play, both good and bad. And so you do it for the whole season, and your number one DVOA team in the regular season of 2021 was? The Dallas Cowboys. Wow. First time ever? First time since their heyday? First time since their heyday. The last time they had been number one for the year was 1994. And I will point out that the Cowboys would still be number one, even if we took out their final game where they played the Eagles backups, which was their best game of the season. They would they would very slightly be number one uh, still, even without that game. Okay, so if we go down, so there's obviously 14 playoff teams. I don't know if you have this in front of you, but if we trickle down from Dallas, because I'm curious how far down your DVOA list for the entire pool of 32 NFL teams this goes. But where does it go after Dallas? Okay, this is our ratings for the year, so not weighted towards recent games, but for the whole year. What's more predictive in the postseason, the full season or the weighted? The weighted are slightly more predictive. Okay, let's do the full season. 
So the full season ratings, though, we have Dallas, then Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New England, and the Los Angeles Rams. That's our top five. New England ended up fourth. Our numbers love New England this year because their wins were huge. And their losses, yes, they've lost three of the last four games. But the the losses, two of those three losses were not that bad. The Buffalo loss, if you consider how good Buffalo was, was comes out as sort of an average game. And the Miami loss, they outgained Miami by something like 1.7 yards per play. That game turned on fumble luck and a pick six and some weird penalties and the kind of things that don't necessarily repeat in the future, as well as just yards and moving the sticks tends to repeat in the future. Okay. And with always any any football outsiders, New England thing, we have to say the disclaimer. Yes, Aaron is a lifelong New England Patriots fans. Uh, fan, it has nothing to do with his numbers. That's correct. Yes. No, I I would rather have them rank lower in my numbers That's because right. then when they won, I'd be able to be like, look at how we've overcome <laughs> things. Right? Like, isn't that more exciting? Much more exciting. So, okay, uh, you know where this is leading. I'm so curious to find out where the the Tennessees and the Pittsburghs of the world end up. So after number five, we go to of the playoff teams. All right, San Francisco six, Kansas City seven. Green Bay nine, but remember Green Bay, if you take out week one, when they got slaughtered by the saints and you take out the games where Jordan love is the quarterback, they're third. And you do slough off the first games of the season for these numbers, or is this full for the weight? No, for the weight, the weight did you eventually. do? Yeah. Okay. Right. So when I say Green Bay is ninth, that includes that game that was four months ago. Got it. And it includes Jordan Love. And we know Jordan Love will hopefully not be playing in the playoffs. Hopefully not. Green Bay nine, Arizona 10. And then we have a gap till we get to the rest of the playoff teams. Philadelphia 15, Cincinnati 17, Tennessee 20, Vegas 21, and Pittsburgh 24. Okay, so many follow-ups. Is 24 the lowest-rated playoff team ever in your... No, not even close. Really? Oh, yeah. The lowest, the 7-9 and Seahawks of 2010, the team that won its first playoff game based on the Beastquake. Yes, right, the Beastquake game. That is the worst playoff team ever by DVOA. Is Tennessee the lowest DVOA-rated number one seed ever? Tennessee is not only the lowest rated one seed ever, they are lower than any two seed ever. Wow. What happens if they, now, win, the, what happens if they win the Super Bowl, Aaron? What are you going to, what's going to happen? There? I'm going to take it on the chin. That's what I'm <laughs> going to do. Listen, th- there's, look, there's obviously an asterisk here, which is, uh, first of all, the bye week is important. Okay? Yes. So whatever Tennessee's matchup ends up being next week, they have the rest. Not just home field, but they have the rest. That's important. Okay, second of all, I'm only measuring what actually happened in the regular season. And Tennessee had a lot of injuries this year. People are going to talk about Derrick Henry coming back. I'm part of the analytics movement. Running backs are not as important as other positions. I don't think Henry coming back matters anywhere near as much as having A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both healthy. The games that both Brown and Jones were healthy this year, Tennessee was significantly better on offense. So that 
Tennessee is the worst number one seed ever comes with a bit of an asterisk because when they've got their full complement of players, they're a better team, but not as good a team as the Bills, the Patriots, the Chiefs, uh, what the Packers are like when they have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Tampa Bay, Dallas, et cetera. <laughs> Rack that, as Rome used to say. Aaron said, I am going to take it on the chin. When we come back, because Aaron's kind enough to join us, uh, if all of those teams in the playoffs trickle down DVOA like that, what's the best DVOA-rated team that didn't make the postseason? And does it project forward to perhaps some futures bets for us looking forward to next year? And, of course, his take on all of the six wildcard round games. Aaron Shots from Football Outsiders coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is Gil Alexander. A lot of people do NFL guessing line segments, but nobody does it the way we do on a numbers game. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, the director of the South Point Sportsbook, Christy Andrews, joins me in studio. And I guess what I think the line ought to be for every NFL game that week. Then Christy says what they are. Doesn't post any lines until he reveals them on our show. It's not just guessing lines. It's guessing lines with the guy who actually makes the lines. Don't miss it. Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, and on the Beating the Book podcast, all from Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The playoffs are here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM, with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app, uh, the BetMGM app that is. It won't take you but a few seconds, and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. That won't take you but a few minutes, and then you start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. It's that simple. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander, the founder of the pioneering pro football and now college football analytics site. Football Outsiders is here with us. Aaron Schatz, kind enough to uh, extend his stay with us for another segment. Uh, we, we were just talking off segment that the, uh, the, the analytics or the, the football outsiders nightmare scenario would be if the Patriots lost to the Titans in the division round. Uh, that would be sort of counter to what we're talking about here. I'm curious, first of all, before I ask you the follow-up questions, where can people get you beyond Football Outsiders print? You do a lot of media now. What's the most regular of those? 
We do a live stream every, well, almost every day uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern that's available on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find it in a widget in the corner of footballoutsiders.com. Uh, it's every weekday at 1 p.m. Eastern, although we're no longer doing Tuesdays because Tuesdays was a fantasy-focused show and fantasy is over. But, for example, we'll be doing our previews of the wildcard games today at 1 p.m. on that live stream. And, of course, definitely following me on Twitter, F-O underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. I throw out a lot of random stats just because when I'm in the middle of writing or in the middle of doing something and I find something interesting, I'm like, Let's just put this out there. You know, hey, the San Francisco 49ers defense is great against the run and great against the short pass and the worst in the league against the deep pass. So here you go, Dallas. Here's your strategy for this week. I saw that tweet. I was going to bring it up. It's, it's like, here it is. It's all on the plate for you. You know what to do. Uh, okay, so before we get to those games, last question then. We went through the DVOA rankings of the teams that are in the playoffs. Who ended up, what team ended up being? the most highly ranked DVOA team that failed to make the postseason. The best team with a losing record in our numbers and the best team that failed to make the postseason is Seattle. Wow. Who ended up at number eight. And it's not just us. Uh, ESPN's FPI also put Seattle in the top 10, despite the fact that they were only seven and 10 this year. Seattle had a very interesting offense because they mixed deep shots with three and outs to an almost extreme degree. Um, so when you do a play-by-play -play analysis like we do, it doesn't matter how many plays a team ran. And because of all the three and outs, Seattle had a very low number of plays. So I don't know whether that's predictive of the future or not. I'm also hesitant to say that Seattle is the, the team you want to be betting on for next year because as of now, we have no idea how the quarterback situation is going to shake out with Russell Wilson. The team that I would say is my team on the rise for next year, even though they did finish with a winning record, is the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. I think that would be the answer we would uh, most expect for that. I'll tell you with the Seahawks, though, you could have given me seven guesses, and I probably wouldn't have come up with the Seahawks, maybe even ten. Because when they're bad, they looked so bad because of the three and outs and the three and outs and the three and outs. But they had a number of good games, a lot of deep shots, really good deep shots this year. Uh, they also had, I believe, a strong run defense, although their pass defense was lousy. All right. We got about 60 seconds for each of these, or you can allot them however you want. Let's do them chronologically, starting with the 5-4 game in the AFC, the early game, the earlier of the two on Saturday, the 5-4 between the Raiders and the Bengals. Bengals were favored by six. Went to five, sort of settled in at five and a half now with the total at 49. Your thoughts here, sir? Yeah, my numbers really like covers by underdogs this week, except on one game. But I subjectively, I feel like the Bengals are stronger. Our numbers seem to be lower on the Bengals than anyone else. A lot of that is the number of sacks that Burrow takes. And certainly he's going to take sacks against the Raiders with Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. But I think if, you know, put a gun to my head and make me bet this game, I think I would do the Bengals in the minus five and a half. Okay. I like that. After all that, you're like, subjectively, <laughs> I would take the Yeah, bang. I feel like yeah. the Bengals are just playing better lately. The Raiders really slipped by all those wins at the end of the season. It's an amazing story, but uh, no one would be that surprised if that story ended. New England at Buffalo is game two on Saturday. The 6-3 uh, game in the AFC. Buffalo 
favored by four in this. I will tell you in advance, I grabbed when it was four and a half out of the shoot, I grabbed the Patriots immediately. I'm figuring by what we talked about last segment, you'd be on board with that. Absolutely. This is the highlight game of the weekend. These two teams are super high in my numbers, and they're very, very equal in my numbers in pretty much every way, including, by the way, that Buffalo's running game, even though they don't use it that much, is about as efficient per play as the Patriots' running game. I think the weather going to be really cold also sort of uh, contributes to the idea of a closer game. So I think the Bills are rightly favored, but I love the idea of the Patriots either winning or covering this game. Another thing is the last meeting when the Bills won in New England, Josh Allen was absurdly good on third downs, including four of five converting third and 10 or longer. That is unlikely to continue. The Patriots only converted one of 10 third downs. That is also unlikely to continue. A good point. We go to Sunday to the NFC 7-2 game, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. This is a game that could have high wins. At least that's what it looks like on the Doppler right now. Buccaneers by eight and a half. Oh, see, I was not aware of the weather report because I was going to say that my bet on this was the over. I liked over 46 with the quality of these offenses, but I would check the weather report before making that bet. I think I would go with the Eagles to cover eight and five. Uh, eight point five is a pretty sizable line, but I mean the Buccaneers are substantially the better team here. Yeah, this game scares me. Here, I don't want any part of that. San Francisco. Yeah, that win. That win report you just told me scared me because yeah. 40, over forty six was my what was that was my thing on this game. San Francisco at Dallas may be uh, the the most sexy of all matchups. Dallas favored by three, and you just talked about how you uh, do some random stats sometimes on your Twitter. And it's all laid out for Dallas. They should they should be throwing it deep on this team. Yeah, this is an interesting game because each team's strength hits the other team's biggest weakness. The Cowboys' biggest weakness is run defense. And the 49ers love to run. The 49ers' biggest weakness by far is deep passes. And the Cowboys are very good at throwing deep. Um Despite the fact that our numbers love the Cowboys so much, I actually kind of like the 49ers with the three points because our numbers also love the 49ers this year. We have the 49ers sixth in our numbers, and this is a really actually close matchup given what the strengths and weaknesses of these teams are and given the fact that you can kind of throw out Dallas's last game because Philadelphia didn't care. So this is a pretty close one. I would honestly stay away from betting this one, but if I had to bet on it, I actually would do the 49ers plus three. Yeah, I made three bets. I took the Patriots right out of the shoot uh, plus the points. I took the Niners plus the points. This is the one where you might cringe on. I actually took the Steelers plus the points, the full 13. I'm not cringing. Okay, I like it. I think if I had to bet, I would go with the Steelers plus the 13. But I think this line is pretty accurate on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh is the worst team in the playoffs. And Kansas City, I know we all feel like is better than they always come out in advanced stats. One of the things about the Chiefs is when they have a lead in the fourth quarter, they really lie down, like they really play terribly. And in general, we've always found that how you play with a heavy lead in the fourth quarter does matter for predicting the future, but it may not with the Chiefs. And in fact, in the last game between the Steelers and the Chiefs, the Chiefs played like garbage in the fourth quarter with a big lead, which didn't matter because they had a big lead. But the fact that the Chiefs do that is like another reason to suggest taking the Steelers and the cover because 
With the Chiefs, there's always a really strong chance of a backdoor cover because of the fact that they lay down with a lead in the fourth quarter. And Parlay, that corroborates the stats you were citing the other day about the Chiefs sort of decline as the game goes on. And then finally, our first primetime playoff game ever, Monday night, a game that I want no part of, uh, Arizona at the Rams. Rams by four, total 49-and-a-half. First of all, an interesting historical fact, not the first Monday game playoff. Oh, Back in the 70s and 80s, if Christmas fell on a Sunday, they did playoff games on Monday, December 26th. So this is that not is the first Monday playoff game. This is the one game where I like the favorite. The way the Cardinals have declined over the last couple of months since Kyler Murray came back from his injury and with no DeAndre Hopkins, I like the Rams minus four in this game. In our weighted ratings, the Rams are seventh and Arizona is 16th in the ratings that weight more recent games stronger than earlier games. So that's the favorite you like the best. But of all of those games we just went through, all the games of wildcard weekend, the single bet you like the most would be? Patriots plus four. Patriots plus four. All right, Aaron, love you. By the way, 91, 91 Washington football team are still the greatest team of all time for your rankings. Still the greatest team of all time, and we should be getting to 1981 and 82 Uh-oh. this offseason. Okay. Dan Fouts magic, baby. <laughs> also, Joe Gibbs involved, I should mention. Thank you, Aaron. Love you, man. Take care. Enjoy the all playoffs. Right. Talk to you soon. Aaron Shots from Football Outsiders. Coming back, some tennis picks at Parlay and I. Duke it out now. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. It's our all new big game, big dance special, providing VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today skill alexander jeff parlay is here as well the author of the same game parlay i believe that's where they got that from um first of all have you been following this novak djokovic thing continually we still don't know if novak djokovic is playing in the australian open what i know they put the draw out overnight at least they in did the States. They, they delayed it yeah they postponed it and then i guess they just because you have to figure it was because let's see if there's a Novak decision, and then they could. I guess they they still went ahead and did it, and we still don't know because he's the number one seed. They put out the bracket, the draw, and so now if he doesn't play, it has to do with the scheduling of the first match. Like if it happens before the scheduling, one thing happens if he is is told to leave the country. If it happens after the scheduling of the first match, then another scenario ensues. If so it's not an automatic forfeit for whoever he draws to go through? Not if it's before the scheduling. If it's before the scheduling of the time of the first match, they can rejigger everything. So is, what I'm gathering is it's probably, I, I know the numbers aren't there on, uh, on, on Sasha Zverev anymore, but since he was drawn into that side of the, uh, the bracket, is that the way to play it still at this point? Which, and Medvedev ended up on the other side. Medvedev's right? on the on the yeah. bottom, yeah. Yes, that would be the way to play it. But that's why that's why we grabbed the plus six fifties in December on on Sasha because I didn't think I was like, there's no way they're going to allow Djokovic to play. And then they, quote unquote, caved. But this is still I don't know what are they going to wait till Sunday morning to to decide on this. This is incredible. 
So uh, last night, we went 0-2 in tennis picks, which is unheard of on this show. Uh, but it happens. We First of all, we had Madison Brangle, who withdrew, so that should be a refund for everybody. Uh, and then we lost on uh, on Vukic, who was a plus-161 dog uh, against Kokonakis, who we had won on the previous night on primetime action. Uh, he lost in three sets, won the first set tiebreaker, and then fell apart uh, by the time the third set rolled around. And we lost on Nakashima. That was always the thing. When you go up against the Isners and the Opelkas of the world, if they have a solid serving day, that's the kind of caveat about those matches. So didn't go our way yesterday. I do have two plays here that I want to get to, uh, and these are just the two plays. We're, da- we're down to the semifinals of each of these four tournaments, if you will, men's and women's in both Sydney and Adelaide. Uh, so we've only got two plays today, and then pretty much after today, it'll be all about the Australian Open starting on Sunday night. Cannot wait. Oh, today, that should be pointed out before I give these picks, so after, on Thursdays, our whole day here, and Jeff knows this very well, we fly from here, not fly, literally. Yes, we chopper into the D on the helipad on top of the D. No, we uh, race down the freeway. We go to the Megapod. Drew Dinsick is the guest on the Megapod, on the wildcard Megapod with Mikey, Mike Palm, and Todd Wishnev today. And then Drew and I are staying over to do an Australian Open pod. So... We'll put that out as well for people who are tennis fans. It's our first experiment, uh, Jeff, with a tennis-only pod. What do you think the percent? What do you think the number percentage on downloads of that versus an NFL pod will be? Twenty percent? Twenty-five percent? I think you've done very well if you hit a quarter of it. I think you're right. If we do twenty-five, it's a it's a victory, victory lap. Um, so we look forward to that. By the way, Dan Weston, I have heard from Dan Weston. Dan Weston is alive, ladies and gentlemen. But I don't know if I can get him on that pod. We'll try to get him on the show tomorrow. We'll see if we can do that. Also, uh, efforting Warren Sharp for tomorrow on the show. Here are the two picks in tennis uh, for tonight. And again, these are, because of the time zone difference, these are a long time from now. These are Australian time tomorrow. Uh, But I'm going back to after winning on Tanasi Kokonakis two nights ago on primetime action against John Isner after losing on him yesterday on this show, fading Tanasi Kokonakis. We're going back to backing him against Marin Cilic. Marin Cilic, for those who don't know, is one of the few guys, you know, under the age of 40 who have, besides the, the, that don't have the names Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer, who have actually won a major, uh, great hardcore player. But Kokonakis uh, is the play at plus 132. That's what I got him at this morning. I'll have to check the numbers uh, currently on that. Made these wagers uh, earlier this morning before this show. So uh, Tanasi Kokonakis, Tanasi Kokonakis, plus 132 versus Marin Cilic. And then the other play, Aslan Karatsev, who many of you may remember a year ago, made this out of the out of the blue run in the Australian Open last year. He had been a journeyman tennis player for most of his career, almost his entire career. And in tennis, you don't usually then crop up out of nowhere. But Karatsev got all the way to the semis in the Australian Open last year. I've got him at plus 109 this morning against the Brit, Dan Evans. So Kokonakis and Karatsev, that's how you can remember them. They'll both begin with K. And for those who are saying, hey, Gil, uh, we don't know how to spell these, Jeff will have them in the newsletter. Now, Jeff, here's my question to you. We just spent two segments with Aaron Schatz. What surprised you the most? Let me give you some multiple choice. Was it that Dallas was number one in his season-long DVOA? Was it that New England was number four in his season-long DVOA? 
you could almost rank these. Was it that Tennessee was 20th in his season-long DVOA, or was it that Seattle was 8th? What's the most surprising, Jeff Parley? Seattle being that high is by far the most surprising thing. How many guesses would I have had to give you for you to come up with the answer to who's the team that didn't make the playoffs that had the highest DVOA for the year? Well, it would have taken at least five. Dude, I think I would have gone ten. It would have at least been five because I I assumed it was going to be Indianapolis. Or the Chargers, or the Ravens, or the Vikings, something like that. The Chargers, their defense was legitimately bad this year, so I could see how they would be down. We just went through four off the top of our head before you got to your fifth pick. I mean, no, just... I, I mean, look, it just that's the most surprising. I'm not surprised Tennessee was that low because we've we've been monitoring it the whole year that we know that those numbers do not like the Titans. So. That didn't stun me. He did. He, it, it, those were interesting answers, too, both on air and off air, where he's like, so what happens if Tennessee wins the Super Bowl? He goes, oh, I'm going to take it on the chin. And off air saying, and then I brought it on air, which might not have been, you know, solid form on my part. I was like, that's the nightmare scenario for their analytics is if the, the Patriots beat the Bills and then the Titans just wax them in the division round. That would be not good for the, him. The other thing is, too, just seeing how much the Jordan Love start – for Green Bay messed with Green Bay's numbers. Yes. Because Green Bay, Aaron said they were number three if it wasn't for the for, dis- for that end and game the disaster one. week one, which yeah. was the first game of the year in a weird circumstance. So that sounds well. that sounds reasonable, right? They go to dropped them-, them six spots off two games? To me it does. It seems pretty steep. I mean, I can see by numbers. Does I mean it doesn't for me, right? Because we have we're not doing it robotically with numbers, but I can see how that would mess with your numbers. Is I guess what I'm saying. Does it does it follow actual watching football logic? I'm not sure, but I get it. I don't know, man. Even the, the thing about the Titans is, I get it, right? You de- the Titans are such a conundrum for the analytics community because. You, you had your best players when you beat the best teams. You didn't have your best players and you lost. So it's like, how do you evaluate? 20th? Come on. Really? 20th? It's interesting. We'll have Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus later, and we'll be able to sort of see what's the same and what's not. I think the Titans thing, I think they both see it the same way. One other thing, I'm surprised Pittsburgh was that high. Surprised they were 24th. I'm surprised they actually, no, I'm surprised they actually weren't lower. No, that's what I mean. You, you're surprised they got all the way. The, yeah, they were I'm as surprised high they actually got to 24. <laughs> Where would you put them? If you ranked 32. If you're going off that, well, again, realistically, they probably are. Like, if you're going through the teams, they are higher than that. But the way they played this year, I'm surprised the numbers even put them that high. Yeah, but there's so in, many bad teams. I that know, it's not but, they, but they were inefficient on offense. They had some really horrible defensive games mixed in there. Again, if you were just doing off of the eye test, they probably are between 14 and 20. They're just the problem is there's just so many horrible teams in the league this year. Such an interesting segment every year. And I, I so agree with his answer about the, the very first question about the analytics. Like what, what's the most missing that everything that goes wrong, right? Is analytics. If, it, if, if it's something that I don't know what he, how he worded it, we'll, we'll put it on social later, but I thought that was a very succinct answer. And in the end, he has the Cowboys number one, and that's the first time that's happened since the Cowboys' heyday. But the pick he liked the best, and I get it, caveat, he's a Patriots fan, has nothing to do with that. The pick he liked the best was the Patriots plus the points. Do you think he, Were you surprised that he was as bullish on the Rams minus the points as he was? 
if you made me bet that game, I would not take. I would not take the points. So no, I'm not that surprised. I think that's a great way of phrasing it. If you made me bet this game, I'm not sure. The self-loathing would be much higher if I took the Cardinals plus the points and lost versus taking the Rams given the points and losing. I would agree with that. Uh, we will go to our buddy Will Hill from Vsin. Uh, get his thoughts on Wild Card Weekend. A little less of an analytical approach. Adam Burke will join us. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. And then Jason Weingarten on the Africa Cup of Nations debacle. <laughs> so great yesterday. Great, and by great, I mean horrible. Next, Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSID200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSID200 to win $200 in free bets if three-pointers made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms conditions 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada skill Alexander we get tweets at beating the book this is from Joe Abraham every coach and athlete uses analytics Simply knowing the score or inning or down and distance is using analytics. The better coaches and athletes know how to use analytics more than just at surface level. Joe, I don't think we see it the same way on that. Because those things aren't what people are referring to when they talk about analytics. Uh, The Better Life. Aaron Schatz's first appearance on your podcast was January 13th, 2011 for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. That's how long... Aaron has been kind enough to uh, join me on podcasts and on radio. Phil Weiss, though, says another analytics geek hadn't even checked the weather. Shaking my head. Talking about the Tampa Bay game. We read the good and the bad. Uh, Joby, skeptically watched the HBO Kenny G documentary on your recommendation, Gil, and it was, as the kids say, hashtag fire emoji. Oddly compelling stuff. Jeff Parlay, can I get you to watch the Kenny G documentary? 
it is oddly compelling. Because he's the most vanilla, right? Like nondescript. And you're like, why am I going to watch a Kenny G documentary? Then you watch it, you're like, this is fascinating. You watching it? No. I'll watch it at some point. You're not watching it. No, I don't. You can't say I'm not. You're like, I'll watch it at some point. The year is 2028. Uh, This is from, uh, let's see, Chris Hausch. Did someone say two plays, tennis plays? Uh, NFL capper. Uh, when Gil says he got Kokonakis at plus 130, oh, yeah, Kokonakis has gone against us a bit. So you can get Kokonakis at a better number than we did. Uh, he's at, I see, I'm seeing plus 140-ish. Plus 150s might be the best of them, but plus 140-ish. So Kokonakis has gone against us a few. Though I will say this, Karatsev is at a much less favorable price than I got it this morning. Karatsev has moved, trem- not tremendously, but Karatsev now in minus money. I would still play it. I wouldn't let it go too much further, though. Uh, teasers and parlays pumped about the news for the Australian Open today, op- Open Pod today. Looking forward to listening. I just got an email from Dan Weston. I wish I had gotten it quicker. Maybe we can get him on there real quick, if not again tomorrow. Um, Doug Wedge also corroborating the stuff about um, that Kokonakis has gone against a little bit and Karatsev uh, has gone towards us in terms of the numbers. And Logic 3227. Now that football season is almost over, is there any chance we can convince Todd Wishnev to bring back the half baked betting tips? I need his college basketball insight, and I'm going to need something to fill the void in my life when the Megapod is gone. The answer is yes. I will happily ask Todd to be on. But, Jeff, how would you uh, characterize Todd Wishnev's uh, attitude of coming on the show? He always seems to have a thing. He has, uh, he has big time in the show plenty of times. Big time. Yeah. We can pull it. We, you know, yeah. Will Bond comes on, right? Sharp, Shots, all the analytics guys come on. We had Van Pelt on. But Wishnev's like, yeah, I can't, I can't really do it today. Got a thing. We're not good enough for Wishnev. Got to go get my, grand, my, my mom's groceries or something. Ladies and gentlemen, this man never turns down the opportunity to come on. We appreciate it. It's Will Hill from VEASAN and, of course, the host of the New York City cast. How you doing, Will? What's up, Gil? Uh, glad to have you back. Jeffrey did a great job last week. You got a good protege there. I mean, he's, it's like a little uh, Belichick Parcells deal where That's what he's going to win some Super Bowls. Wait, yeah. 10 years or what? I don't even know 10 years. What do you say, five years, three years? What's it going to be, Jeff? What's the timeline where you are ruling sports radio? When is that going to be? Come on, I don't know. Ruling it. Sorry, my, Two kinds. My guy, Jeff Parlay, man. Destined for stardom. No, we appreciate we, we're lucky to we're lucky to have Jeff. That's why Jeff is here uh, in the morning. I want to thank you, by the way. You sent me a very nice text, which touched me. Uh, after my father's passing, I had told a story about how he used to react to two negative plays consecutively in football, and you just texted me the words. I can't remember what game happened in week 18 of the NFL, but you just texted me. They're going the wrong way, which I was really touched by. Do you remember what game that was? It was one of the early games Saturday. We watched so much football between Saturday and Monday. Man, yeah. it's almost too much. I think it was early the, the Broncos Chiefs game. Somebody it was like a sack and a false start. Now I'll always think of it too because uh, uh, it's, it's a great story. Yeah, it's great. He, uh, it, by the way, yesterday I sneezed for the first time since his passing, and I'd forgotten. I used to tell him when when he was with me. Obviously, I was like, "Hey, I'll remember you for so many years after you're gone because we sneeze the same way." And my dad would sneeze like six, seven, eight times per sneeze fit. And he would always act in between like the fifth, sixth, and seventh, like this had never happened previously. So after the fifth, he would, ah, Jesus Christ, sixth one. Oh my God, seventh. And he would keep on going <laughs> like that. So yesterday I was sneezing and I started crying in the middle of my sneezes. So there you go. Sneeze crying is what's happening with me. Here's my question for you What do you yeah. like best this weekend? What's your favorite one of all of these? NFL. You know, it's funny. I love this weekend as a fan. I don't love the spreads this week. I did bet the Raiders. Uh, I just think that's a lot of points. You look at the Bengals. I mean, this is a team that got trashed by Mike White. 
They were down 14 nothing at home to the to the Jaguars in the second half. They lost by 30 at home to the Browns. Now they're laying you know almost a touchdown, five and a half. Uh, to me, it's a lot of points. If you look at the first matchup, it's 32-13 Bengals. But you dig a little deeper, you go to the stat sheet, you're expecting to see domination, and that game was in Vegas. Bengals average four yards per play. The Raiders average six yards per play. So going to have to dig a little deeper, find out how the Bengals exactly pulled away in that game. I just think that's a lot of points. Boy, it's amazing with the Raiders. Think about this. They play that crazy Monday afternoon game. They're six and seven. They're down two points. The Browns have the ball, have the lead. It's third and three, three yards. The game is over. The season's over for the Raiders. Imagine at that point, if I tell you, you know, what's going to happen here. The Raiders are going to stop them. They're going to get the ball back. They're going to kick a field goal, win the game. They're going to win the next three and they're going to go to the playoffs. I mean, that's like a, what a 200, 500 to one parlay. Uh, It's amazing that they're here right now. What a great point. We, we often forget about moments like that, but really that's all it was. You just needed three yards, the Cleveland Browns and they they went they they ran and then went on fourth down they just decided we're punting at that point yeah, yeah. so that's what yeah. happened and they come down and Daniel Carlson and the rest is history as you say all right so so what are you saying there that you you're about to pull the trigger on this game or you haven't yet or you're thinking about it no i bet the raiders you i did. bet the raiders okay. i think it's a bad it's a bad spot for them but i do think that's built into the number i don't i don't see how you get to five and a half six and any other reason other than they're building in the fact that the Bengals have rested the raiders you know maybe running on fumes here played until late into the night on sunday but again i think that's that's well baked into the number here again i don't love it i think the Bengals. you know gun to my head i think the Bengals win the game i just think that line's a little inflated here's my question about the niners and the cowboys because <clears throat> i bet the niners immediately but now i'm terrified because everybody on earth seems to love the niners and this is never good should I be concerned about that very point? Or I think the same exact thing. I have some Niners futures. Uh, I can make a case for either team. You know, it worries me with Garoppolo's hands, you know, some overthrows, some inaccurate passes. That Cowboys defense is a habit of being a ball hawking defense. They have a knack for scoring on defense with Diggs and, you know, with Parsons and these guys. Uh, I think Shots made some good points that the 49ers match up well on offense. The Cowboys match up well on offense. So when in doubt, take the three. But like you said, I don't, I've probably heard 10, 12 people pick this game. I have not heard one person say, you know what? Give me the Cowboys. I'll lay the three points. Not one person. Not one person. I think we had one person who said it, but that's it. Just one. Uh, and what about what Shot said about the fact that the favorite he likes the best is the Rams on Monday. You uh, on board with that? Boy, this is this is going to be a week where I think at least me personally need some discipline because I don't want any part of this game. I think you've mentioned you mentioned the same point. Yep. You said the same thing. You don't want part of this game. You're going to be sitting there Monday. All right, who am I taking? <laughs> who am I taking? Four, exactly. Am I yeah. Stafford's been so bad. I mean, you go back to that Viking game where he tried to give the game away. I mean, threw two interceptions inside his own five. The Ravens game, he was awful. Last week, I thought they did a terrible job. They should have. You know what it was? They had third and seven to end the game. They just ran it three times and gave the ball back. Now, I know they tr- they took all the, the 49ers timeouts, but, you know, just get the six yards, throw the ball, end the game. I, I I don't really love either team. I don't want to back Kingsbury. I don't want to back Stafford. This is a, a pretty easy pass for me. I guess when in doubt, take the points, but I do not love this game. What do you and what is the besides this one? What's the one you want absolutely no part of? Cardinals, Rams, and what's the other one that you're like? I keep me away. Uh, yeah, pro, I would guess the Bucks. I think the weather adds another element to that. You know, I could see the Bucks winning that game by 20 points. I could see Philly, you know, hanging around. I think the weather makes that game interesting. Um, I do like the Bills a little bit. I, I'm, I'm scared to go against Belichick. I'm scared to lay the points, but. If you look at the Patriots wins too, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, it's Carolina, it's the Jets twice, it's Houston, it's a beat up Atlanta team. 
Uh, and I think this quarterbacks that can run Allen Mahomes, these guys can run for 10, 12 yards, pretty much anytime they want over a 17 game season. You don't want to do that every play because you know what? You're not going to last till the end of the season playoffs. They can kind of unleash that and run more. I thought Allen didn't run a lot that first matchup. So I, I think Allen will be able to unleash his legs a little bit. I think the, the bills probably win this game by a touchdown or so. Will, what else are you betting besides NFL these days, college or pro basketball, anything? A little bit. I'm dipping my toe in a little bit. It's uh, It's been, man, it's been all NFL. You look up and it's yeah. the middle of January. We would be a month away from uh, from spring training. I did look at some division odds. I've never seen this before. Four co-favorites in the ALEs. Pretty much all pretty much even odds. We're going to talk to Adam Burke about that next. Four co-favorites, essentially, uh, what Will's talking about in the American League East. Will, appreciate it. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend, man. Yep. See you guys. Appreciate it. Will Hill at not the Will Hill. That's the with two E's. New York City cast host Adam Burke next. Bet MG. Bet MG. Bet MG. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.